I asked the guys a question last week before Shabbos Kodesh, and I left it unanswered. I wanted to give an approach. I wanted to give an approach to a question we asked and didn't answer. So if doesn't mind, I would like to try. So I'm going to repeat the question, then tell you an answer. Then I want to get to, 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 uh, to an Indian on Hanukkah for a few minutes, and then we'll call it an afternoon. But I, the question I had asked the guys is, Yaakov Avinu hears, the Psukim relate, that he hears B'nai Lavan, Lavan's son. And what's Yaakov Avinu's midah? It's Emes. He hears Lavan's sons say the most preposterous things about him. Vayishma is divrei b'nei Lavan. He hears the sons of Lavan saying, Lamer lokach Yaakov is asher lavinu. Yaakov's rich. He took from our father's stuff. Measher lavinu from our father's stuff. Us as kol All this honor that is on him. All the glory that Yaakovinu has, that's taken from our father. That's what Love and Son starts saying. And Yaakovinu hears Love and Son saying this. Pasuk 1. Pasuk 2. Vayar Yaakov is Pnei Lovan. Yaakovinu sees Lovan's face. It's no longer with him like the day before yesterday. Sensitive people are very sensitive to their environment. You ever a guest by somebody's house and all excited you're there. And then you notice, I don't really like me being here. You're like, perceptive, I'm not really so wanted here. Ooh. You're perceptive to the crowd. Yaakov Avinu starts noticing love and doesn't want him here anymore. He's, he's, he realizes what's going on. And he says, love and just doesn't want me anymore. See, so have Pasuk 1, Yaakov Avinu hears B'nai Lavan saying terrible crimes against Yaakov Avinu. Being mighty laz, really reporting bad stuff against Yaakov Avinu, Pasuk 1. Pasuk 2 is Yaakov Avinu sees Lavan doesn't want him here anymore. Pasuk 3, Vayoymer Hashem al Yaakov, Hashem says to Yaakov, time to leave base Lavan. Shuv el Eretz go back to your father's house, Ulumay Ladatecha, to your birthplace, Ve'eya Imach, I will be with you. So I asked the Olam on Thursday, why does the Pasuk report that Yaakov Avinu saw Lavan's children were conspiring against him, were spreading bad word against him? Why does the Pasuk report that Yaakov saw Lavan doesn't want him anymore? It's of no consequence. The point is that, Lo- that Hashem said, get out, skedaddle. What is gained by the first two Pesukim? Say, Hashem says to Yaakov, it's time to leave base Lavan. What is the point of the first two Pesukim? Say, he noticed Lavan's children were saying bad about him, so... The third Pasuk is God says, leave his house, go home, go back there to Israel. That's all that matters. God said, go, so he went. It's of no consequence that Lovin's children were saying bad things about him. It's of no consequence that Lovin didn't want him. That's not why he left. He left because God said, leave. So why does it report these other two things that have no significance? That was my question I asked on Thursday. Ellie, you have the question? I, I want, you have the question, Els? I'm proud of you. Ari, you have the question? The Psukim report that Yaakov Avinu is by his Lovan's house, by his father-in-law's house, and he hears the Bnei Lovan accusing him of robbery. You see all the money he has. He became a rich man. He stole that from our father's house. 
Pasuk 2 reports that Yaakov sees Lavan doesn't want him there anymore. His face is just not with him. Just, he doesn't want I get a sense here. I get a sense I'm not wanted. Pasuk 3, Hashem says, leave Lovin's house. And then, of course, he goes to his wives and they leave Lovin's house. Why does it bring Pasuk 1 and Pasuk 2? Of what significance in the story? God said, leave. See, so he leaves. Why does it bother saying that Lovin's kids were saying bad about him? It doesn't. Why does Yaakov leave? Because Hashem said, leave. Now, by the way, if he moved, if the Pasuk wouldn't have Pasuk 3, it would just say Lovin's kids would be mighty laws. Lovin himself didn't want so Yaakov left. Okay. But it's, it's not, he ends up leaving because Hashem says to leave. So why does it bring Pasuk 1 and Pasuk 2? Of what significance? Are you asking to the Kasha, David? Ush? So I wanted to claim as follows. I admit, Rabbi Say, this isn't necessarily Pasuk Shad. I don't know what Pasuk Shad is. I admit it. I don't know what Pasuk Shad is. I don't know what Pasuk Shad is, admittedly. I looked around. If anybody has a shot, I'm open to you. But what I want to say is as follows. Many events in our lives that at the time turn out bad in our lives. We have events that we don't understand. At the time it turns out bad, in 2020 hindsight, it was the best thing that ever happened to you. Many events. I know a Bacher was thrown out of his yeshiva inexplicably. It made no sense. And he ended up coming here. He's going to become a huge bentire. If he would have been here, it was a more modern school. He wouldn't have been a big bentire. So it looked like such a gzera. The whole mishpach, his mother was crying. Today his mother cries tears of joy. Often in our lives, events we perceive as bad turn out to be blessings. Sometimes we never see. I don't say we're always there to see. But often with a little, with, with just thinking about things, it turns out to be a big drachim. Reverend Victor Miller, when he was 23 years old, applied for an English. He was a, an accomplished Tamil a wonderful scholar, a good person. And he applied. We're going to go very soon. And he applied. Now, right? <laughs> See, yes, if he can talk, he's showing off. So he applied. Reverend Miller applied for an English school job. Can I get him candy? You want a candy, Robbie? No, no, I have it in my house. I have it in my house. Could you take him in the house? You heard this part in the cabinet. Where's the cabinet? Which house? The one right here? No, the one, the one, yeah, the one next door with the swing there. I have in the cabinet some candy if you find them. I'll, I'll, Where's the cabinet? I'll give his coats here. Where's the cabinet? In the kitchen. In the court, next to the fridge. I guess going to take you to get some candy, okay? Hey, okay, sweetie. Should I take and get candy? You could bring for the Eilam also. There's a lot of candy in there. Bring for Dan Ice also, if you don't mind. Do you mind, Arya? Thanks for mine. Arya's going to take you to get candy, okay? Next to the fridge in the cabinet here. Rav Victor Miller, when he was 23, he applied for an English way, school. No, it says in this biography, they made a biography in his whole life. Recently, like, uh, yeah, that's how I'm quoted from. 100%. Amazing book. So when he was 23, he applied for an English school job, and he got denied because his English wasn't good enough. Now, it's a joke. I don't know if there's five people in the whole America with a better English than Rev Miller. His English is, Wow. 
And somehow he got denied, your English is not good enough. Made no sense. He felt maybe it was anti-Semitism. But he applied for this English print, this English school job. Rev, Rev Huttner used to send Talmud, he wasn't the Talmud of Rev Huttner, but Rev Huttner used to send Talmudim to be English teachers. He wanted jobs that allowed them time to learn and be family men. And an English teacher is a great job. You work limited, you're done 2 o'clock in the afternoon, public school teacher. And then you have the whole afternoon to learn, you have summers off. So Rev Miller applied for such a job and got the climb. When he was 24, he applied for a job in Baltimore to be a Rebbe. He had come from Baltimore, and the one giving the job loved Reb Miller and had a big impact with Reb Miller. And Reb Miller, ta- um, I think he trained all the way to Baltimore, and when he got there, there was a mistake, and a half hour before, they gave away the job, and they would have hired Reb Miller. At the time, these two things were terrible gzairas. Like, ah, Shrek, Shrek. Looking back, Rev Miller, when he was 24, went to Slobodka. He decided to go to Slobodka. He learned six years by his Rebbe of Isaac Sher, the great Torah giant that changed the whole America, that impacted me and thousands of others, was made in those six years. So it looked like a terrible tragedy gave the world Rev Miller. His Rebbe for life was of Isaac Sher. If he wouldn't have gone to Slobodka, he would have had a very nice Talmud Chacham, another good Talmud Chacham, not Rev Miller. Reb Miller was given to us in those six years. My Rebbe said a Maise, my Rebbe's Rebbe was Rav Aaron Cutler. Rav Aaron. The entire giant Rav Aaron. Rav Aaron read my Rebbe a Shidduch. The Shidduch was so meaningful to me. He liked the girl, but it was his Rebbe Shidduch. Rav Aaron Cutler read the Shidduch. My Rebbe wanted this girl in the worst way. She ends up dropping him, and my Rebbe, not characteristic, is a proud person. He begged her. He, like, he said he was come out on his hands and he's, please, he wanted her. He went to Rav Aaron crying for the Shidduch, begging Rav Aaron, and he didn't get the Shidduch. At the time, it was a clap. He said years later, she was in a mental institution twice. She broke down. She had two breakdowns in her life. My Rebbe Baruch Shem has a very good life with a good wife. He said what looks like a klola at the time, orphan, is a, good, is a bracha. Orphan is a big blessing. Things we at the time look at and we say it's so terrible, if you follow life, it turned out to be a very big bracha, David. So I want to claim, David, that the Torah records Yaakov Avinu's Midas honesty. And all of a sudden, the craziest thing, the kid, Lovan's kids, his brother-in-laws are saying he's a thief. What a gzera! He'd have rumors about an honest person who's Midas honesty, MS Yaakov. And Mitamo, Lovin's kids are saying, you're a thief. What a crazy Xerah. Hashem runs the world. Difficult Xerah. He liked, Lovin likes him there. He's making a lot of money for Lovin. Yaakov is unbelievably honest. And all of a sudden, I'm sorry, all of a sudden, Lovin no longer wants him by his house. What a Xerah. The place you're being hosted doesn't want you. Xerah Hashem. Two difficult Xerahs. It looked like a terrible Xerah. Next Pasuk, Hashem says to Yaakov Avinu, I want you to leave this house. Ah, light bulbs. Those things which look bad, it made it easier to leave. It actually was easier to leave. Hashem said in motion two events which look bad, then you end up leaving and it became easier to leave. I'll tell you why. I want to tell you why this vart's very super meaningful to me. This vart. I think it might be true. So the reason the Torah recorded how it became hard for Yaakov is the Torah is showing what looked like a negative. 
Lovin's kids are spreading bad rumors. All of a sudden, Hashem comes and says, leave. Ah. Hashem made it a little unpleasant for him to make it easier to leave. What looked like a negative, Aryeh, turned out to be a positive. I want to tell you why this part's meaningful to me. Do I know it's shot for sure? I don't. In my own life, my wife and I review, when I was a Bachar, I loved the Mir Yeshiva. The last year I was there, I just didn't, ah, it wasn't working for me at all. It wasn't working. To the point, a Yid had been begging me for a long time to teach in his yeshiva, for years, to teach in his yeshiva. And the last year I was in Eretz Yisrael, I taught in his yeshiva at nights for free. I didn't take money. I didn't need the money. I wasn't doing it for money. I, was, I, only, I wasn't happy in the yeshiva I was in. I said, I'll go teach at night. I'll teach Torah. And at the time, I didn't understand it. At the time, I was like frustrated. I was looking for something that I wanted. I couldn't find it. I was always happy in yeshiva. When Ray Kaufman called me to start Waterbury with him, the only reason I came was so I wasn't happy. You look back, like hindsight, I wasn't anyway. In, some Bachman pressured me. Some Bachman pressured me to do it. They wanted to come with me to start the yeshiva. It was a group of guys from Kol Torah. They wanted to start it with me. I ended up coming, not one of those Bachman came with me, and a different group of 20 I brought. It's a whole... But you see how Hashem works. Things that at the time looked bad turn out to be a big bracha in your life. I say it to the Olam because a big part of Hanukkah, a big part of this month is seeing the Chesed Hashem. Certainly, we've been speaking about Akar Satoiv, noticing the obvious kindnesses of Hashem. But looking for the things that at the time don't seem like brachas, and you see a big bracha. My roommate in the Mir Yeshiva is a Rebbe in the Mir Yeshiva today. Unbelievable guy, unbelievable masmid, tremendous person. He was in a modern Yeshiva, very modern guy. We walk into this house, there are these three huge dogs in cages. They start it's the next house. The next house? That one guy. <laughs> scared. He got freaked out. <laughs> You, the, the, the other part of the house is ours. That, the yeah. part with the tire is the guy. I went to the first part of the The second <laughs> part is ours. He looks like he's still scared. He's he's just, he's you walked in and the dogs <laughs> came at you. Yeah, they were, they were in cages. They started growling and barking. <laughs> I'm sorry, you smell. <laughs> he's not sure about this. The second part of us. Why do you stay here and you get candy on here? Thanks, my eyes. No, go, go. I'm sorry, Ari. The second part of the house, the other entrance is ours. Two, four, then three. The dogs talked him out of it. Ari's going to get you candy, okay? He's getting you candy himself. You have a dog, he's there? Yeah. <coughs> the Kitzvah Advarim is, is that uh, so we've been speaking a lot about Akar Satayv Tashem, notice the kindness. Work in our own lives and, and noticing the things that don't look kindness. My roommate in the mirror today is a Rebbe in the mirror. He was more modern in high school. He was a modern guy. Basketball was his life. He was a crazy basketball. I played him. When he was more modern, I played. There's a guy when he was my roommate would chart his hours of sleep. 
He had a chart on the wall two nights a week, basically. He would stay up the whole night learning. He would sleep unbelievably little, a mass manifla. I used to fill up his Nagelwasser cup every night. The only reason I knew he was in my room, I went to sleep before he was there and woke up after he left. The way I knew he was there is for a period I used to fill his kais for Nagelwasser, and in the morning I would empty it. I wanted to serve a Talmud Chacham. So I saw it empty, I knew he was there. An unbelievable masmid. So this guy, one of the biggest changes in his life, he sliced off a finger. And it was a devastating blow for a guy whose life was basketball on a shooting hand. He sliced off a finger. It was like devastating. A kitchen accident. He was an unbelievable ball player. Crazy. And he sliced off a finger. It was such exera. Till today, he's thankful to Hashem. It changed his life. He had a fine basketball. Can't be all of life. I can't even play now so well. He's still good, but he had to sew his finger back on. It wasn't the same. He's bringing candy to you, okay? You're waiting? You're waiting, okay. You'll wait here. But he, he, that, he, so at the time, it looked like a terrible gzeir, a shrek. He cut his finger. It changed his life. Dovi, we had a bach in yeshiva, Dovi Ackerman. He always describes, he, I think he broke his arm, arm or leg. I think his arm, maybe his leg. He broke a foot, might be his foot. It was his foot. And at the time, it was, like, it was the middle of the summer. For a yeshiva guy who loves sports, to hurt it foot in the summer, you always feel bad early in the summer, that guy who breaks his leg is like, he kills you. And he hurt his foot, he's one of those guys, camp's done. And he said it changed his life, he became close to Ryoberland, he didn't get to run around, he sat on his golf court or something, he ultimately came here, changed his life with time. In, it's, it's important for us to find even the things in our lives that, that don't necessarily look the best, to keep our eyes open. That's tremendous, tremendous bracha. It's funny that Hanukkah... Oh, just stay, just stay, just stay. It's not my shirt. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's not. After all that, I'm you sorry, know, I'm sorry. Door <laughs> it's too for a different time. No, no, it's fine. I'll go get two, four, and three. Maybe I'll break it. Louis isn't scared of dogs. <laughs> no, don't go into the dog one. Not These people. Ready? Ready? <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry. Oh, my dog's in my house. Jeremy Chopper jumped on my. All my siblings are very scared. You're so sweet. He's getting it. He's getting it. Smart. It's fine. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. Where is it right here? Where'd you pull that out of? What? Yeah. Yeah, but not. Don't go. Don't go. Ellie, stay. Ellie, I need you. Ellie, stay. He's going to go with the dogs. <laughs> Rabbi say, Rabbi say, your car, it's true. Rabbi say, the Yisait of Hanukkah, Hanukkah is the Golis Yantiv. It's the middle of the winter. It's the middle of the winter, and the last Yantiv before our send off of the Golis is Hanukkah. The last yonder before we went off into the final gullus that we're in is Hanukkah. And the aside to lighting up is to see kindness of Hashem. Certainly to see the open kindness, but also to see the hidden kindness. So it segues into the next point I want to make. The, vo- the most famous question on Hanukkah that you're asked over and over and over and over, the most famous question on Hanukkah is why do we celebrate eight nights? It should only be seven nights, only seven nights of miracles. Because there was enough to burn for one night. So why do we celebrate eight nights, only seven nights of miracles? I'll tell you something funny. Somebody told me it must be a weak cash and there are hundreds of answers. Their whole svarim, what type of cash are so many answers? Is that logical or illogical, guys? 
I say a question has so many answers is a powerful question. A friend of mine once taught me, David, a friend of mine had Yena Machla, actually passed away from Yena Machla. We don't like saying the word, but he passed away from Yena Machla. And my friend told me he has three, three or four treatment options. So I said, Avigdor, I'm so happy of a few options. I was sitting next to him on his couch. I said, Avigdor, I'm happy we have options. He puts his hand on my, on my lap, and he's, he put it on my leg, and he says, Daniel, if there are options, it means there's no clear answer. If there's, if there's one way that worked, Vade, they don't give you options. Different options means it's dangerous. If there was one thing that just worked, that's what they do. When you have, you could do this, you could do that, you could do the next thing. Usually that means, because there's no, when you have a question, when you have a question with many answers, it means it's a powerful question. If it was a bad question, it would just have one answer. It's a stupid question. <laughs> so this question is a strong question, that why there are eight nights, there seven, there was enough for one night. So there are many, many, many answers, endless answers. Hashem, we could study many answers. The question is an important Hanukkah question. Why do we celebrate eight nights? Only seven nights of miracles. It's actually, before we go on, the premise of the question is Sarachim. <coughs> Did you all buy into this question? The most famous Who asked this question, guys? Everybody. The Yosef. He made it famous. Rishayinim asked it. The Beis Yosef made it famous. Rav Yosef Cairo. Do you like the question, by the way? Yasi, do you like the question? There was enough oil for one night, so it's only a miracle seven nights. Do you like the question? I don't like the... So that's one of the answers. I don't like the question. I don't like the question. You are so sweet. Thank you. This is for, this is for Dan. It's for you, Dan. And this is for... I don't have a car. Yet. Here, this is for you. You're stealing my food. That's Dan's. He wants to share. Pass it around. If you want to, this is yours. I'm ready. Thank you, Ellie. No problem. Thank you, Ellie. Thank you, Shmuel. Yes, we have. Thank you, Shmuel. I don't have a car. I can't. Rabbi Sai. The question is why do we celebrate eight nights of Hanukkah? There are only seven nights of miracles. There was enough oil for one night. So that's what some of the Rishonim say. One of the answers they found it. It's a miracle to find it. That's the question. It'll be seven nights, not eight nights. Because it was seven miraculous nights. There was seven more nights. It took eight days to get oil. It took four days to go there, four days back. It took eight days to get. But one day they had enough oil for it. The question really, Meishel, is very tzarechian. Because what is the premise of the question? It, it needs work. The question itself is not so simple. You know why the question is not so simple, Nassim? What is the premise of the question? What happened? They put in the oil to burn for a day, and what happened? Did it all use up? What happened? It all used up? But what happened after day one? I'm asking on the question. So that's a miracle even the first night. Elamai, Elamai, what does the premise assume? Elamai used up first night, second, third. So maybe the last day there's no miracle. The premise is nothing was used up. A little was left. What the question is not so simple. That's a miracle every bit. night. I just want to know, but then the question is silly. What does the question assume happened that it's asking there wasn't a miracle? There has to have a miracle every night. So that's a miracle every night. What? It emptied and refilled itself. 
And you have to work on the question, what the question was. The bottom line is, this is the question. The bottom line is, there's many answers. The bottom line is the question. Yeah, it's, it's Saruch Ian what the question was. Because what's the premise? There hadn't been a miracle every night. The basic question is that one night a miracle is not needed. You could learn the question is even if there's a miracle every night, but one night a miracle wasn't needed. But it's muhach and the answers that wasn't the question. Because one of the answers is they divided into eight parts. And Tzvaita wasn't needed. It's Sarachin, I don't want to talk about this. This is the famous question. My favorite answer I want to share with you because it's true. The Ramban in Parashas Boy is one of the biggest fundamentals in life. This Ramban in Parashas Boy, every year has to know the Ramban. And I want to share the Ramban with you. It's Nagea Hanukkah and it's Nagea the first thing we spoke about, David. The Ramban says, everybody listen to this, I want you to hear this well. The Ramban says in Boy that the purpose of miracles is to see Hashem in ordinary life. He says the entire purpose of miracles, miracles wake us up from our sleep, you're used to the norm, things get old for us. So the normal nisim, the nisim of every day get nudas. I'll give you something that happened to me, Yosef Chaim. I love animals. I was once at the zoo, and I was watching an elephant use its trunk to do different things, and I was like completely awed, the chacham of Hashem, how much a trunk can do. From using it as a hand, and it feeds itself with its trunk, from scratching its back, all different uses of a trunk of an elephant. And I was like very shaken by the chesed Hashem, the kindness of Hashem. When I left later that day, I used my hand for something, and I started staring at my hand. It occurred to me, wow, wow. That's what happened to me. The trunk, my hand, I'm used to, my ha- a hand is ridiculous. A hand's amazing. My car. Yes. A hand... Hands are incredible. They're just amazing hands. But we get used to hands. I needed to see something unusual that woke me up to appreciate my hand. The Ramban says it's the purpose of miracles. If you have a miracle and you don't appreciate nature, the normal miracles, the miracle was wasted. The miracle is only to wake us up to appreciate the day-to-day. It's just we fall asleep. The very word nace means miracle. What else does a nace mean? What is another translation of a nace? What? A banner, a flag. The sun nace, place of flag to gather our tribes. A nace is a banner, is a flag. What does a flag and a miracle have in common? If they're both the same letters, they have to be the same thing. Remember, the letters are not a coincidence. You don't call it a nace, means it's its essence. What? It announces existence. A flag, when you see a big flag, you know underneath, I'm here, America, we own it. You want more jolly ranchers? Do we have more jolly ranchers? Do we have any more jolly ranchers? Oh. I hope they're finished. They're finished? Excellent. Can we, can we have one of Daniel's? Daniel, do you have a They're, they're hard. hard. That's not great for this game. They are hard. It's a little hard. Do you want this anyway? So, uh, a, a, a banner announces existence. I am here. We are under. You see a big flag. That means this is ours. We are here. 
It announces existence. The purpose of a miracle is Hashem saying, I'm here. The purpose of a miracle is to see Hashem in nature. I love Hallel. I crave Hallel. Hanukkah, we have Hallels. Every Hallel has to be a masterpiece. We're only here. The Hallels we get are Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday morning. Ready? Wednesday morning, the guys are leaving. Four Hallels. I beg. Yo of Nathan has the record, the best Hallel we ever had in Yeshiva. But prepare the most gorgeous songs. We'll get a few guys to daven for the Amun. But you have to prepare. You don't just get up and hollow. Each song has to be a killer. I want beautiful hollows. What's that? The Gemara says if you say hollow every single day, you're cursing Hashem. It's mechare for megadev. What's what's do hollow every day? Why is it considered cursing Hashem to say hollow every day? Hollow is for nisim. Hollow we remember Yitzias Mitzrayim. Hallows to remember Nisim. But the purpose day, of miracles, miracles is to appreciate nature. What is Psuke de Zimra called? Psuke de Zimra is called the hallow of every day. Psuke de Zimra is hallow of nature. If you only say hallow, you only appreciate miracles. That's cursing Hashem. Because you're not seeing that everything's a miracle. On Rosh Chodesh, we rejuvenate ourselves remembering unbelievable miracles. But the point is to appreciate the ordinary. The day-to-day life is precious. Sometimes we need something precious, precious and amazing that wakes us up to appreciate the mundane. That's the purpose of miracles. So I want to claim, Rabbi, say that the eight days Hanukkah, you're right one day is normal. You're right one day is normal. You're 100% right one day is normal. But the purpose of miracles is to appreciate the normal. So we have eight days, seven days of miracle which arouse us to appreciate the normal day. I want to go back in history with you. While we're in the desert, we're going to go to Miami. While we're in the desert, Hevra, and the mun fell, 40 years the mun fell. Do you know what, what day did the mun stop falling? Zion Adar, the day Moshe Rabbeinu died. When the first grain came from the ground, people went wild. They said, this is crazy. Food from trees? What, the tree becomes food? Out of your mind? What, from, <laughs> from the ground? <laughs> Are you serious? People went with sugar. We're only used to it, so the dirt, uh-huh, the dirt gives me a potato. Uh-huh. It gives me an apple, that's normal. A tree, like, hands you a fruit, that's normal. A tree, like, hi, here's a fruit. That's very normal. A tree hands you a fruit. Somebody asked Reb Miller, a kid came to Reb Miller. He wants work. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. Let's say thank you. <laughs> a kid asked Reb Miller that proved to me Hashem exists. So Reb Miller ran out of the room. So the kid thought, Reb Miller was upset at the question. Oh, I angered the rabbi. He came running back with an orange and he spoke to the kid, he had an orange or an apple. And he spoke to the kid about the orange or an apple for over an hour. He spoke to the kid about an orange or an apple, I don't remember. Prove Hashem, the design in an apple. He went, Reb Miller, we're going to have on Reza Hashem, Reb Ezi has a shtikloch for you. I usually bring Aaron Saperman. Aaron Saperman studied fruit. He shows stuff in fruit you wouldn't believe. Stuff that will blow you on. He does a living de- live demonstration. Stuff that's going to knock your socks off. We're going to have it on Tuba coming up. We're Kislev, Teve, Shvat. In a couple of months, I bring down Aaron Saperman. He's going to blow your mind from the, the design in fruit. Chesed Hashem. 
So the purpose of miracles to appreciate Hashem in nature. I am extending it. We see the open kindness of Hashem. Learn to discover and seek the kindness of Hashem. To see it in things which aren't as blatant. There's so much kindness in our lives. And things, not always, I admit, there are times we can't see the kindness. We have to have a munah. But there's many times that we would trace the dot, things we took as very bad, turned out to be unbelievable kindness. If you but think about it. I think that also is important to discover in our life when we see the open kindness of Hashem to try to find some of the hidden kindness. And to me, that's the light that lights up the dark, is finding the hidden kindness of Hashem. Even things we may have perceived as some negative, but there was such bracha in it for us. Some people have negative events in their life that form something great about themselves, that their whole formulation is what they thought was a negative. Everything good about came from that overcoming that struggle. They're all different examples in people's lives. People have all different things that occur later on. I know people whose whole job in life is based on things they went through, difficulties. It formed the whole mission in life. So that's what I charge the Olam, to try to find in our life, to see Yad Hashem, to see Cheshed Hashem, besides the open kindness, to be inspired from the open Nisim, the ones that are blatant Nisim, to see the kindness of Hashem that's more, not as open, not as obvious, to really work on finding that in our lives. That is the charge that I want to share with the Olam, based on this particular part. The, the upswing in, in, in minion attendance in the base in the medrash in general, and guys being here is awesome. I want to say to the guys that we're getting close to yeshiva's coming, to me it's important. It's extremely important. So the guys have to change and grow and develop at a normal, healthy pace. It's important for next year that we learn to keep a day, that we learn a schedule and to keep our schedule. I want guys pushing for site, are they? I want, I want to make a scene for site. I don't want you to wait till last minute. Work on the Masechta, the Exodarm. Use art school. I'm a huge fan of art school. A tremendous fan. Buy an art school. It doesn't matter how you get it the first time. Just hazard. Learn to review a lot. Until you have it inside in the original text, you get it the first two, three, four, five times of art scroll, all the power to you. Just I ask the guys to really start making moves on Saita. It's a doable Masechta. We picked the Masechta that guys can finish. Let's really work on the Masechta. Let's get to second. Oh